Hey everyone, welcome to Strong Mind, Strong Body. I am your host, Angie Miller, and today I wanna to talk to you about Optima, one of my favorite topics. So we know that Optima is coming up from October 21st through the 23rd, and I wanna share a sneak peek of a couple of the topics that I'll be talking about. So first, I'm gonna tell you about Bands and Balls, which is one of my sessions. It's called Bands and Balls, Simple Movements to Maximize Mobility and Core Strength. This is a session where I'm using exactly what I said, bands and small Pilates balls. It's a workshop that is a functional fusion workshop and it works every muscle of the body. And you know what? It's good for all age groups. I go through eight different sets and I talk about cueing techniques, modifications, and give you progressions and tempo considerations. This is a great workshop. Again, eight different sets with modifications, progressions, tempo changes, you name it. I think you're gonna get a lot out of this and you're gonna find it very applicable to all audiences, all right? My other session that I'll be teaching, I am so excited to be offering this at Optima this year, is called Do You Have That It Factor? It is why emotional intelligence is the secret sauce to your success. And I talk about, you know, we all remember when emotional intelligence first started making headlines. And now more than ever, emotional intelligence matters, especially for fitness professionals. We have to focus on being self-aware and socially competent, able to communicate more effectively and really able to manage conflict so that we can create these meaningful experiences with our clients, not just show up and train them. And it goes way beyond burning calories. So if you come to my workshop, and I hope you do, I will help you understand the difference between emotional intelligence and IQ. Okay. So the difference between EI and IQ, I'll teach you the four pillars of emotional intelligence. We'll discover tools to build emotional intelligence. And then most importantly, how do you apply, apply emotional intelligence skills to help you and your clients? Included in this workshop is some tips to be a better listener and also how to handle conflict in communication. It's a great resource guide for all things communication, empathy, understanding, and overall emotional intelligence to help you build your relationships with other people and especially your clients and to connect with them on a deeper level. So I just want to remind you that Optima is going fully digital this year. And we're giving attendees access to more than 100 fitness professional related informational sessions that you can jump into. So again, I hope you join my sessions, bands and balls and my emotional intelligence session. And in fact, we are going to give you a sneak peek of my emotional intelligence session. All right, guys. So tune in and thanks so much. I'll see you at Optima. think that in today's world, it, emotional intelligence is more important than ever before. Um, if we can understand and manage our emotions and we can understand the emotions of those around us, we're better able to connect authentically and to create experiences for clients that they will remember. And the idea of emotional intelligence is, is just being able to self-regulate no matter how stressed we are, being able to show empathy for other people and to truly being able to connect and create experiences with them. 
So whether we're training online or whether we're in person, I think emotional intelligence is where it's at. So let's talk about self-management skills. So I think in order to self-regulate, first and foremost, we have to know what hijacks our emotions. We have to know what our triggers are. If we don't know what our triggers are, we tend to blame other people for how we feel. And I always find that very ironic when adults blame other people for how they feel because of what so-and-so said or what so-and-so did. It's as if they forgot that they're the ones with the hands on the wheel. We all have our own hands on our own wheel. We're driving our own car. Other people are not responsible for our emotions. Yes, other people will upset us. They will say and do things that we don't like, but it's up to us to manage how we respond to the things that they say and do. And that's what self-management is really all about. Um, noticing also our mental state in the moment, because if I'm tired or I'm agitated and I'm already in a whatever mood, then I'm more likely to personalize what someone else says. I'm more likely to feel slighted or affected by their words. You know, our psyche has every, we all know again, that sometimes people throw bait because maybe they're just in a bad place and they want an excuse to be angry or somebody to blame. Those are the types of people that I'm even more determined not to buy into that emotional hijack because I don't want to give them an excuse. I want to maintain a sense of management of my own self so that I don't have to get down and dirty in the mud with them. So the biggest thing that I want to talk about here with relationship management is being able to manage conflict. So again, I think in social awareness, the big thing is being able to communicate effectively and so much of that is being a good listener. But when it comes to relationship management, I think the bottom line to all of that, you know, in order to get along well with other people and in order to develop and maintain long term relationships, we have to know how to handle conflict. We do. We have to learn how to do that in our in our marriages, in our in our you know intimate relationships, and in our relationships with friends, and in our relationships with our clients, because we are just not always going to see eye to eye with people. So let's talk about those how to handle conflict. And you know, first and foremost, what usually makes conversations difficult is usually it's when emotions are strong. When you feel really strong about something, and I feel really strong about something. And it's also when not only do we both feel strongly, but we have very different perspectives on this. We are on two different sides of the fence. A lot of times it means that that issue impacts our self-esteem. It feels very personal to us. It's also that there's uncertainty about how it's going to turn out. And uncertainty usually drives fear in people. And usually typical, you know, obviously, if it's creating strong emotion, it's something we care deeply about. It might have to do with our value system. And a lot of times it's because we have few experiences where these conversations go well, or maybe there's a power difference between two people. If you think about it, people who are afraid of conflict a lot of times might have grown up in homes where there was a lot of conflict, where every time there was conflict, somebody went off the rails or somebody was screaming or somebody was calling names. But conflict doesn't have to be that way. We all have to learn healthy ways to, to disagree with other people. So I have some some kind of tools to help you manage conflict. And one of them is just to be able to open with purpose. So be able to 
discuss a situation, a concern or a disagreement in the in the moment, very intentional versus storing up six months of baggage. I can't emphasize it enough that if you are an emotional suppressor, you might be one of those people who stores up your your um, things that tick you off and you you know you got this emotional checklist of things that your spouse did that have annoyed you but for whatever reason you decide that you're going to carry it around in your backpack for six months and then one day if he or she does something or says something it's like pew, backpack comes off pim, 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 and you throw out everything and they're like whoa where did this come from um healthy relationship said no one ever in that situation so discuss the concern in isolation try not to just pull out all the stops here one one concern at a time works best so what goes along with that i think is being able to be aware of escalators because there are people out there who are escalators i did a whole podcast in fact i did a two-part podcast on energy vampires so i talked about energy vampires and then i talked about what they look like and then in the next podcast i talked about how do we deal with energy vampires and to me escalators can come in the form of bullies or just those people who want to cause conflict and they also quickly intensify okay so if you if you if you're an escalator you're using the use statements you're using the absolutes you are pushing people against the wall and making them defensive so we don't want to escalate so escalating comments are you're making a mountain out of a molehill or you're too sensitive or just speaking in the absolutes or you always do this you never do that but nonverbal communication can also escalate tone of voice can escalate so lowering our eyebrows like kind of disapproval can escalate exchanging a knowing look with someone else so when this person's speaking and i give them mm, to the person next to me or rolling your eyes or turning away just considering all those kind of nonverbal behaviors that i tapped into and there's so much research out there on nonverbal communication that i think is super super powerful but um you know just be aware of those escalators because we don't want to be escalators but we don't want to take the bait from people who try to get us to escalate so what to do when somebody tries to get us to escalate we can just ask for a timeout remember we're not responsible for what other people say and do but we are responsible for how we manage ourselves in response so maybe we just need to ask for a timeout maybe they're throwing a bunch of escalating comments out there and maybe we're done with agreeing with them maybe we just say hey you know what i need a timeout and it's okay to ask for a timeout but just be sure to uh give them a time in like i need a timeout for 10 minutes or i need a timeout for let's table this for 24 hours let's come back to this tomorrow at noon let them know that you are going to come back to it so that you know just time out forever and be like oh i hope they get over it <laughs> so say a lot of people no people don't get over things they want to talk it out with you so give them that opportunity another one is move locations as silly as it sounds if you and your spouse are in a room and you're disagreeing and you just ah you can't find any middle ground you've taken a time out you can also try to move locations sometimes just like stepping outside and hearing birdsong hearing nature can calm everybody's nervous system um changing your tone when people get loud we get soft lower your voice 
it makes people kind of step in and and if they're very dysregulated if their emotions are very dysregulated and you lower your voice inevitably they'll lower theirs and then see for what it is it's a disagreement <laughs> the world's not going to change because we disagree with somebody remember that your response is key you have the ability to calm and diffuse a situation or to stoke the fire and get defensive it really lands on us it's kind of our responsibility so in the midst of a difficult discussion our words can be like an unguided missile causing damage long afterwards or not we can self-censor we can ask ourselves is it kind is it necessary is it really the truth or is it just my truth and is it actually going to improve on this silence 